Hello, and welcome to the Brutally Honest Books podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Gerand, and I'll be giving you my honest thoughts on the books I read. While the reviews will be short and to the point, they'll include everything you want to know without any spoilers to help you figure out what you should read next. So with that said, let's jump right in. Hi, everyone. So today is going to be about a book that was turned into a movie, and I mentioned it at the end of last week's episode, and I have also done one other episode back in November, I believe, so just a month ago, and that was on Deepwater, which was the 2022 movie starring Ben Affleck and Anna de Armas, but this book turned into a movie was turned into a movie in 2009, and I'm not sure if you're familiar with it. I was not until just a couple years ago, but it seems like for some reason, this movie is every millennial guy's version of The Godfather. So if you are a millennial dude listening to this, I'm sure you are already incredibly familiar with this movie. I'm sure it is your Bible, essentially. But if you are somebody who didn't know it was a book, or you've never heard about the movie or the book, or you've only watched the movie, you didn't know it was a book, doesn't matter. This episode is going to be for pretty much everyone. So as I said, this was a book that was turned into a movie and the movie stars Daniel Craig and it came out in 2009. It also has a lot of other really highly esteemed British actors. Not going to list everybody off. You can look it up on IMDb, but the book was written by J.J. Connolly and it was published in 2000. So just nine years before the movie came out. And again, there are a lot of people who treat this movie like it is their religion. And again, it's a lot of guys, not to stereotype. But for those who are unfamiliar with the story, like I was until I read the book and saw the movie, essentially the story revolves around a single drug dealer. And we never know his name, neither in the movie or the book. He is never named. It's always redacted. So I will refer to him as X. And he's someone who has worked his way up through the London club scene, essentially. And he started as a drug dealer at like the age of 19. And he's slowly worked his way up. In the book, we're at the point when he is 29 years old. But he is completely on top of the field, essentially. He's really built himself a little bit of an empire and employs all these other people. It's actually quite impressive for a 29-year-old, I'm not going to lie, because I am 29, going on 30 myself, and I have nowhere close to the empire that he has built. But anyways, his plan is to retire by the time he hits the age of 30. However, right as he is making these plans and really solidifying them, because he has so much money, it is pretty much very easy for him to just retire and live off of his millions. But right as he is really making these plans and solidifying them, he ends up being offered a job. And it's not just any job, it's a job to find the daughter, the wayward daughter of a wealthy socialite. And he's offered the job by this other individual who is essentially a kingpin in this criminal underworld scene in London. 
and his name is Jimmy Price. And it's not his daughter. Again, it's the daughter of this other separate wealthy socialite. And his daughter has just run off and out of rehab with this other drug addict. And X ends up accepting the job because he really has no choice and no say in the matter. But he accepts it under one condition. And it's the condition that once he completes this job, he is going to be allowed to leave this criminal underworld in its entirety. He will be completely out and he will have it with Jimmy's blessing, essentially. And luckily, he doesn't have to try and find this girl on his own. He does do it with his crew and his sort of personal crew of just a couple other guys. But that is not all. J.J. Connolly said, let's add a little spice to this plot. And there is something else that comes into play where X is also tasked with finding a buyer for 2 million ecstasy pills. And they were acquired by another crew of more lowly, loud-mouthed gangsters who don't run as much of a tight and professional operation as X does. So all of this seems relatively simple. That is until there's also an assassin that arrives and is included in the plot. And he goes by the name of Klaus. I'll leave it at that. But he is after X. So when you list all of this out, I know the book's description might sound a little outlandish, a little bit too blockbustery, or just really unrealistic. Granted, don't get me wrong, it sounds very good, very thrilling, very suspenseful, but it does sound a little bit ridiculous. I'll just say it. But something that I found really interesting about this book is that It is based on true stories and experiences. And when you are actually reading the book, it does read as incredibly realistic. And obviously that's because it's based on these true stories, but I was just very impressed with that, that Connolly was able to write a very realistic, very suspenseful story where my heart was racing and it didn't feel ridiculous at any point, at least not to me. And as I said, true stories. So Connolly actually originally set out to write a nonfiction book about the criminal underworld and drug dealing in the UK. And his plan was really to approach it from a journalistic perspective. And it's because he kind of had this personal in as well. And if I remember correctly, I believe he's spoken about this. If not, everything I'm saying is alleged, but I believe he talked about being a casual drug user himself, hence his sort of in into this scene. And even though he wasn't a drug dealer himself, he did have friends who were, things like that. And naturally, he was given a lot of insight into it just via that, but it also really helped that he occupied, as an individual, he kind of occupied a little bit of this gray space. So he was somebody who knew more and had more of an in than the average citizen or non-drug user. However, he also wasn't fully a part of that world, so he had no stake in the game. He didn't have any sort of allegiances or anything like that. So people on the inside really opened up to him and would tell him, so much stuff. I personally kind of got the impression that he was almost like their therapist sometimes or, and whether it was just telling him crazy stories or talking about 
different feuds that were going down, things like that, or even just how it works. And I can imagine how well that would work. I would think that they would be kind of apt to want to talk about it with somebody who they can obviously trust, who isn't going to you know, go to authorities or anything like that, but who is so new to the world where you're sort of able to explain what you do and show somebody what you do. And I don't know. I just think that that's really interesting. So that's what he originally set out to do was to write this nonfiction book about all of it and how it works and all of the just crazy shit that happens. So all of this ended up being the inspiration for Layer Cake. And I'm not really sure why he decided to turn it into a fictional story. Um, Granted, it's excellent. I actually think that it kind of works better this way than if it was nonfiction. Actually, you know what? I think it would be super, super interesting if he had the fictional story and then maybe separated them by like a couple years or you know, even a decade at most, if he did the fictional story and then maybe a nonfiction book as sort of part of it and they kind of go together or maybe as like a companion read in a way. So I don't know, JJ Connolly, if you're listening, I still think it would be incredibly interesting. I don't know. I'm sure you could write a really excellent nonfiction book. And something to note is that even though the story of Layer Cake is fictional, he did include a lot of stories or anecdotes or things like that in the book that are actual true stories. It's just a lot of separate things that are sort of pieced together into this overall fictional story. So I guess to dive into a little bit into the writing itself, as I said, the book is incredibly realistic, which is partly because it is based on real events and true stories, but it's also Connolly's skills as a writer or writing ability because these stories are pretty wild. And like I said, surface level, they seem pretty unbelievable. And I do think that if it was a different slash less talented writer, the stories would read as outlandish or as crazy, but it is incredibly realistic. It's very gritty. It's very violent, all of that stuff, which I think is partly why guys absolutely love the story. But something that is incredibly unique is the fact that the protagonist's name is redacted, right? And that's a very interesting tactic to give your protagonist no name, essentially. And he approaches the story in what I think is kind of an interesting way is because the protagonist is supposed to be, by societal standards, a bad guy, right? He's this high-level drug dealer. He's working with all these shady characters, doing something that is morally very gray, to say the least, doing some not-so-kosher stuff, a lot of violence, a lot of that happening. But what's interesting is that you really do end up sort of empathizing with him, or at the very least, just relating to him, maybe even rooting for him. And you end up kind of wanting him to succeed in terms of getting out of this business, getting on with his life and getting his money. And it's interesting that Connolly is able to pull that off because he's also not a particularly likable character, I would say. He's, you know, kind of misogynistic, things like that. But I talked about this in Deep Water and I personally do believe that it's because of the perspective. So this book, just like Deep Water, is written from his perspective. So we hear his inner monologues, his thoughts, all of that stuff. And I do think because 
us as readers, we are not sociopaths. So I do believe that that is the natural human behavior is to naturally empathize with the person that you are seeing the world through their eyes. And so you do end up rooting for him just because of that. And it's a really interesting effect that I think authors are able to use on their readers and they kind of use it in these kind of twisted ways. It's the same with Deepwater where in Deepwater, he's essentially a sociopath, but you kind of end up empathizing with him or at least just seeing it through his perspective and his eyes, which is because the story is written that way. And it's kind of an interesting tool to kind of use that to have readers relating to or rooting for particularly unlikable characters, if you will. That being said, Layer Cake is definitely different because you also understand that this is just kind of the name of the game in this criminal underworld. It is very cutthroat, very high stakes, very kill or be killed kind of vibes. And there's a lot of double crossing going on. So you also understand that this is just kind of how that world works and you kind of accept the laws that they operate under, but it's still always just incredibly impressive when an author is able to successfully pull that off. And I can confidently say that because I also read The Gray Man recently by Mark Greeny, and this was actually also turned into a movie on Netflix. And I won't get into it because I don't want to drag Mark Greeny in this episode, but the writing was almost polar opposite. Granted, they are slightly different stories, but still, um, if you read that book alongside this one, you will understand what I mean by that and why I'm so impressed with Connolly's ability. Because there are a lot of authors who try something very, very similar and you can really see how they miss the mark and how their writing just reads as much more immature, much less believable, a lot of things like that. So if you want an example from that angle, then go ahead and read The Gray Man by Mark Greeny. But anyway, this review is about Layer Cake. But to kind of circle back to the fact that this was made into a movie, if I didn't talk about it enough already, I will mention that it is a very complicated story. Okay. So both in the movie and the book, there's a lot going on in terms of the web of characters and the double crossing that happens, a lot of stuff like that. And hence, there's a lot of plot twists, both in the movie and the book. But in the book, there is even more. There are even more characters. There are even more double crossings. There are thus even more plot twists, things like that. So I guess just be prepared. I know some people that might be too much. Some people might love it. My brother absolutely loves this movie. Loves, loves, loves. He's the one who told me about it. And for somebody like him, he's really intrigued by the book, really wants to read it because for him, it's just even more content, right? It's just even more of the layer cake universe. So even if you are somebody who has seen the movie and you really like the movie and you're even just a little bit interested, I would highly recommend it because you're just getting, again, more content, more layer cake universe, if you will. And it's also, again, written from his perspective. So you're also getting his inner thoughts, his inner monologue, and just seeing everything unfold from his perspective directly. And part of the reason that I think this is also a really valuable book in a way is really it's 
connection to a very specific point in history. So this is not something that I really thought about until I was reading the afterword of the book. And I think it is partly what contributed to the popularity of this movie and this story is the fact that it's about a very specific point in history. And that is not only drug dealing, but cocaine dealing. And when this book came out, which was 2000, and even the movie was only made in 2009, so we're talking about like the early aughts, that was really a time where the perception slash popularity of drugs and drug dealing did a total 180. So I think it's probably pretty global, but I can speak more to the UK and the US, where prior to the early 2000s, so even into like the 90s, even the late 90s, drugs and drug dealing was seen as a very lowly, scuzzy thing, right? Like a drug dealer was not somebody that you would fraternize with, basically. And there was a real major shift in the 2000s where drug dealers became these I mean, wealthy, wealthy, slick individuals who were hanging out at the best clubs, things like that, were dressed to the nines, had all these nice cars. And granted, they could kind of work their way through all of these different circles. So they could go up, they could go down and sort of mingle with all of these people and fit in no matter where they were. However, in general, their perception really changed and they were just seen as much classier individuals that were very in demand and just seen as very cool, basically. Plus, this also coincided with the era when governments really started cracking down on it. And all that did was actually just skyrocket the value of drugs and hence drug dealers were earning even more money and the cycle just kind of continued. And then from there, they end up building these drug empires, employing all of these people. They have a whole shipment chain it basically just fueled this business. And this book is essentially taking place right at the peak of all of that. And the movie is also coming out at the right time. So I do think that that is part of what added to the significance of the story and then maybe the popularity of it, I guess. And it does help that it was incredibly well done. You have a full cast of extremely talented actors. Visually, it is done also so well. But I do just think that it might be a combination of all of these factors that just make a winning story, right? You have a talented writer who's writing something, although fictional, is of significance of this very unique point in history. Then you have this excellent movie that is done with all of these really talented actors. And I think it just created this perfect mix. But surprisingly, I do feel like there are a lot of people who also don't know about this movie and don't know about this book. So if you are either one of those individuals, both doesn't matter. I would strongly urge you to seek this out if this seems like something up your alley. It does give me very born identity vibes or something that's kind of reminiscent of a lot of the heist movies that came out in the earlier 2000s. Very similar vibe. Just keep in mind that it does revolve around drugs. There's a lot of violence. So it also actually reminds me of Breaking Bad in a way. So if any of those things sound like your thing, then I do think 
that you'll really enjoy this. And as I said, even if you have already seen the movie, would highly recommend reading the book. Not only is there just more, but there are also a few key differences as well. So it is a different story. And I won't give anything away, but the ending is completely different. Again, I won't say anything else because I want you to be completely shocked, but the ending is completely different than the movie. So just take that into account. I think personally, I would rate this a four out of five, maybe higher, maybe a four and a half. I don't know, for some reason, I'm struggling a little bit with this one. So if you've read this book as well, I would be pretty surprised. But if you have read this book, feel free to comment on Instagram or send me a DM if you want and let me know what you would rate this book. And with that said, as always, stay tuned for next week's episode. If you want more Brutally Honest Books content, you can follow along on Instagram and TikTok at Brutally Honest Books. Be sure to rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, subscribe from wherever you're listening from, and I will talk to you in the next review. Thank you so much for listening to the Brutally Honest Books podcast. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you're listening from. If you like this show, you can rate and review on iTunes, and be sure to follow along on Instagram at Brutally Honest Books.